In this episode, I discuss how echo chambers and belief are related and keep us stuck. My name is Justin Sinceri. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist obsessed with the polyvagal theory. Welcome to Stuck Not Broken. Please put yourself first. I think this episode is going to be perfectly fine. It might be a little bit challenging, but I, I don't think this will be uh, trauma-inducing or, or uh, re-traumatizing at all. But I do think that there is a significant discussion that needs to be hap- needs to happen around echo chambers and how they may relate to belief. And what do we do with that? So first off, what is an echo chamber? Uh, according to Google, it says it's an environment in which a person encounters only beliefs or opinions that coincide, coincide with their own so that their existing views are reinforced and alternative ideas are not considered. So basically, it's surrounding yourself with people that agree with you. Maybe this is done in, I don't know, a Facebook group or, I don't know, I don't really socialize a whole lot, so I don't know where people go for, for echo chambers. I, I assume Facebook groups would be a, a hotbed for echo chambers, maybe the people you follow. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like curating uh, who you follow, maybe on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter to reinforce what you think and how you feel and what opinions you have. Your echo chamber could be a specific group, but I guess it could also be surrounding yourself with uh, like-minded people. Which, in and of itself, I mean, just surrounding yourself with like-minded people is not a bad thing, right? But an echo chamber in particular, it does reinforce your beliefs. It is something that reinforces your state as well. Your political state is what I'm arguing here. Echo chambers are a self-reinforcing type of group. That's the basic idea here. So do we see echo chambers in the world? Uh, yeah, I think I think we do. Is this a problem? Uh, what do you think? Like, Do you think that echo chambers are a problem? I think in and of themselves, yeah, probably. I think so. I, I don't think it's wrong to have an echo chamber. I'm not telling people to stop doing that. It's up to you. But I do think that alternative points of view are pretty important in life. I think that listening to actual debates, not simply, you know, two-minute news segments that reinforce your thoughts, I think it's important. I think it's important to get other points of view, conflicting ideas, facts you may not um, be exposed to. So I think it's very important. So is it a problem if someone exists in an echo chamber and curates their world around their Opinions and beliefs and feelings. Potentially, I'll, I'll say potentially. I mean, ultimately, ultimately, what someone does with their time and their attention is up to them, and I could care less. But, 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 yeah, I, I think there there is some level of of a, a problem here potentially as well. So, what what is a belief? Let's talk about that. A belief is, and again, according to Google, Google um, is an acceptance that a statement is true or that something exists so acceptance it's not necessarily tied to reality it's a thought a belief is a specific type of thought it's a thought i think belief often has emotion along with it but it is a type of cognition that you have in your mind and is not necessarily tied to reality it's about acceptance of a statement or acceptance that something exists but it doesn't necessarily need to be true. So these these thoughts that you have in your mind, these beliefs, you believe them because you were told so, 
probably by a higher authority of some kind, somebody with more power, someone that you trust, someone you look up to. It's accepted. It's a thought about the world that it's accepted, but not necessarily directly tied to the factual reality of the world. I think there is a definite uh, split uh, difference between knowledge and belief. And to me, that is knowledge is something that we arrive through evidence, uh, through scientific method, through uh, method, not just being told. And belief is something that's accepted. You're just, you're accepting what you're being told. I think that knowledge can be used to to support a belief, but knowledge can probably also be dismissed in support of a belief. So again, knowledge can be used to support a belief. You, if you already have the belief about how the world is, such as uh, that a God exists, and maybe it does, I'm not making a, a claim here one way or the other, but it is a belief. You believe God exists, right? So you can use facts of the world to support that belief. You can use knowledge to support the belief that you already have. But you can also dismiss knowledge. You can also dismiss evidence if it does not conform to the belief that you already have. And I think that's the differentiator is that a belief, how belief and knowledge go together or don't go together is whether it supports the belief or not. If, if your knowledge or if, if the reality of the world can support the belief, then you'll adopt it. And if it doesn't, you can dismiss it. So in the world, do we see people accepting statements as true? And I'm willing to bet that you're probably thinking about that other group of people and assuming that you don't have some sort of belief. But I think this applies to you too, especially if you're staying within your own echo chamber. You didn't think this didn't apply to you, right? And yes, of course, me too as well. I don't think I really have an echo chamber. I follow absolutely nobody um, on Instagram or any social media. I don't use Facebook. Um, I love listening to two-hour debates about heavy, heavy topics. Um, I, I like having my mind radically changed. Um, I, I don't think I have an echo chamber. There are things that I am pulled towards, but I, I don't think I would say that I have an echo chamber exactly. But do I have beliefs? Yeah, probably. And, you know, at some point, if you don't go beyond your echo chamber, you're probably in the realm of belief. I think religious issues, obviously. But even about, like, major social issues, uh, political issues. And I think that this applies to both sides of issues, that if you don't go beyond your echo chamber, you may be in the realm of belief. If all you listen to is either Fox News or CNN, you're probably in the realm of belief. You're just being accept you you just believe what you're being told. And yes, this goes both ways. But when it comes down to it, somebody's more right than the other person, right? Because someone, like somebody is more grounded in facts. When we're talking about claims to reality, about how the world is, about uh political issues or religious issues or social issues, whatever you're inherently making claims about reality. So somebody's more right than the other person or some paradigm, maybe. 
somebody's more right and somebody's more wrong. It has to be because reality is one way. Ultimately, reality is one way. And we can make claims and measure it and whatnot, but if you have two claims about the same thing, one of those claims is going to be more correct than the other one. So let me ask you, have you listened to an extended debate on your favorite subject? Or are you getting tidbits of arguments and headlines, memes and uh, news clips? Are you listening to angry quote-unquote journalists and quote-unquote reporters? You might be in the realm of belief and in your, from your echo chamber if you are. Have you ever listened to like a really heavy debate on whether or not there is an exist, whether or not there exists a creator of the world? Have you listened to uh, conflicting ideas around critical race theory? Have you listened to two people argue, not argue, but debate and actually hear each other out and have very deep conversations about different uh, evidence points in theory and history? Have you listened to discussions about severity of racism in the United States? Because not everyone agrees. Have you listened to different climate change arguments? If no, then you might just be believing what you're told without seeking out further information. And I'm on all these issues, yeah, of course I lean one way or the other. I'm not going to tell you what the right answer is because I don't know. All I know is uh, what seems to make the most sense to me and what I see in, in real life and what I can measure and whatnot. The other question I have here for you is, are you willing to be wrong? And maybe not say it out loud because that, that can be humiliating. So I'm not asking you to say anything out loud, but are you willing to be wrong? Are you willing to be wrong about any of these issues that I listed or, or more? Are you willing to radically change the way that you think about a specific topic? Could you ever imagine flipping your uh, political stance? What would you be left with if, if you were factually wrong about you know, whatever topic you, I don't know, is it you're most passionate about. If you were wrong about that, like, what would you be left with? Or what about your, you know, group, whatever group you feel like you belong to? What if that group and what they were telling you was wrong? What would you be left with? Would you be left with some doubt? about the world or about your place in it? Would you have questions? Would you be wondering? Would you be anxious or scared? Would you be worried? I'd argue that if you don't go beyond your echo chamber, that the echo chamber is serving a function of keeping you in a comfortable and predictable place. The echo chamber agrees. They tell you or each other, I guess they self-reinforce who to hate, how to behave, what to think, what language is acceptable or not acceptable. That predictability, that otherizing of some other group as well, it gives you comfort. It might. It might give you comfort. You might not feel as alone. You might feel like you have purpose or that you belong. 
But what if you're wrong? Because someone's wrong. Somebody's wrong. What would you be left with? You might be left with some uh, stuck defensive energy. And like, again, if you're just accepting something is true, you're not challenging yourself, you're not asking questions, you're not doing research, you're not looking at data, you're probably in the realm of belief. And challenging your beliefs might be very uncomfortable. When you take away the belief, or when you admit to yourself, wow, I'm wrong about this, you might be, there might be some stuck defensive energy in there. Your echo chamber might serve as like a relief from whatever stuck defensive energy you have. And as long as the echo chamber is right or validated or whatever, I don't know, then you can channel that stuck defensive energy through the beliefs of the echo chamber, through the target of the echo chamber onto some other group or individual. And you don't have to actually deal with your own stuck defensive energy, right? Breaking free of uh, the echo chamber is a scary thing. It could be a very scary thing. I'd imagine. Because when you begin to think differently, when you ask questions, when you want to have larger discussions based in critical thinking, open dialogue, searching for new facts or history, or just things we don't know about. You are now acting differently from the rest of the group, from the echo chamber, and they're probably not going to be okay with that. When I say things on the podcast that are very comfortable and, you know, exactly what you want to hear and, and just political theory stuff, then I'm a therapist, right? I'm just a normal therapist and I'm sharing information and people are very appreciative. But when I say things that make people uncomfortable, all of a sudden I become a therapist in quotation marks. <laughs> That's something I've noticed. When I say things on Instagram that might people might feel uncomfortable about, all of a sudden I'm a therapist in quotation marks. Or, you know, if, if you're a therapist who's worked with psychiatrists in like an outpatient county mental health Kind of thing, I, I did that for about four years. The model of treatment there is very standard medical model of diagnosis and treatment, right? Psychiatrists do medication, therapists are supposed to implement evidence-based practices. It's here's the diagnosis, here's the treatment, and it's supposed to go that way. It doesn't really go that way, but that's the way it's supposed to go. But, you know, try being a therapist and in the treatment team meeting saying, hey, I've heard about this thing called polyvagal theory and there might be more to our clients that we're working with than just this medical model stuff and maybe we should think a little bit differently. You're probably going to be ostracized. I don't think, I don't know how well it's going to go and if it's going well for you, I, that's, I would love to hear about it. And I think what we see is that when it comes to echo chambers, there, there is an inherent link of your self-being, your self-worth, your self, your purpose, potential purpose in life what role you play in the larger sense of life. All of these things are directly linked to the echo chamber and what they say, what they tell you to do. I think echo chambers typically have a leader, right? It's not just people come together that agree. People come together that agree, but also I think in any group, it's going to be someone that sticks out and kind of sets the tone. 
So there, there is, there's this link of who we are to whether or not we're accepted by, well, I guess by any groups, but especially maybe with echo chambers. And if they, if they're serving this function of being a self-reinforcing entity that you within that larger self-reinforcing entity, you, you have some sort of role or, or purpose or a way you're supposed to act or someone that you're supposed to not like who you are and your purpose and who, you know, your role in life is directly linked to that group, that echo chamber. And I think that's kind of normal in a way, uh, who I am when it comes to family, who, who I am when it comes to friendships, who I am when it comes to my professional life. It's not exactly the same in each place. Like I, I act slightly differently in uh, each area, more or less. How I act with a stranger is different than, you know, a friend, right? How I talk to my mom is different than how I talk to uh, my boss. I think we fundamentally, we, we want to fit into different groups, different contexts, different, uh, you know, groups of people. I think that's a pretty natural, probably biological drive is to belong, to feel like we belong. And when you don't have that, these echo chambers might fulfill that need. I belong. I think the same. I feel just as outraged as, you know, everybody else in there. There is a problem in the world and it's that other group. It's not me. It's not us. We feel the same. I'm understood. I'm validated. I'm accepted. There's an inherent link of who I am to, to that echo chamber. And as long as I follow the rules and follow the norms of this group, then all's well, right? You don't have to risk being ostracized or canceled or attacked. I, I guess in some, I do think that echo chambers and belief go hand in hand. I, I, I They kind of have to because once you start asking questions, then I think that's when the attacks start. That's when the otherizing starts, right? So yeah, echo chambers and belief. But then also building on that, these beliefs, these echo chambers are self-reinforcing as a group, but also for the individuals within that group. And the beliefs may need to be accepted without question, which reinforces the group but also becomes the thoughts in, our, in the minds of the people within the echo chamber. So how can I help? <laughs> I have a course that's called Building Safety Anchors. And one of the things that, that I address in the course is different types of cognitions that participants can learn about and actually practice as well. And that's really what we talked about or what I talked about here in this episode is Cognitions, beliefs are are a type of thought and what that does for us. So in Building Safety Anchors, there is a section, a module about cognitions, about thoughts and how to utilize our thinking as a way to become more grounded in the present moment. And, and in the course, it's not dependent on what other people are telling us. It, it's a self-directed uh, individual activity or module, I suppose, and practice. 
I hope you liked this episode. Polyvagal patrons, let me know what you thought about this in the in the Patreon. And if you want to become a patron, it's it's only five dollars a month, and you get a whole you get a whole separate podcast and uh, just a chance to interact with other people in the Patreon. If you're interested in building safety anchors, that is on my website. I'll have a link down below and to Patreon as well. And I hope, dear listener, I hope you got something out of this. And maybe I guess my hope is that you are looking at. What groups am I in? What am I surrounding myself with? How am I curating my life as far as what I think and feel? Who am I allowing? What groups am I allowing to enter into my consciousness and tell me what the world is like? And am I accepting that? Am I questioning that? Am I researching that? And am I curious about what else is out there? And if I'm not curious about what else is out there, well, what is this... What is what I'm being told? How does that serve a purpose in my life? Or the groups that I'm in, what what purpose is this serving in my life? What am I getting out of this? If I didn't have this, what would I be left with? If I didn't have this group or this echo chamber, what would I be left with? What would I feel inside? Yeah, it's just some stuff to think about possibly for a journal. Um, thank you so much for listening, though. I do appreciate you listening. 